Welcome to the O-Shift for Teens podcast, a show where I team up with a thought leader and we discuss a new topic question that will help you better understand your teens. I'm your host, Mark Tucker, co-author of O-Shift for Teens and its accompanying workshop kit and curriculum. This super easy to facilitate life-changing material is being used by folks just like you throughout the United States and beyond. Head to OShift.com and choose one of the many ways you can become involved in this worldwide movement. Well, so great to be with you again this week. Have a real interesting conversation to get to in just a moment. But before we do, Jennifer Powers and I are amping up. Uh, winter is almost over and we're looking at spring. Speaking calendar is starting to really fill up for Jennifer Powers. And that's kind of exciting because that's a way many of you first heard of O-Shift. Her keynote has uh, been received by almost 300,000 people already, and we're looking to really up those numbers this next uh, year. So if you have an event or a, a conference that you are organizing or know somebody that does, well, let me know, uh, mark at oshift.com. We'd love to have Jennifer come out and make your event a super huge success and one that people will be walking away with so much, so many tools and uh so empowered. So give me an email. Today I have a conversation with my good buddy Keith Sensor. Of course, you know Keith is uh, my partner out in New York. He's our lead OSHA facilitator and a gentleman who is teaming up with me to uh, put on a camp this next August. We talked sh uh, briefly about that. So let's get to that interview right away with Keith Sensor. My guest today is Keith Sensor. Keith is a professional life coach, speaker, and facilitator with a specialty in providing coaching and training to teens. He is the founder of PowerShift Coaching, where he coaches teens and their parents, promoting personal growth and acceptance. Keith is also the lead trainer of the O-Shift for Teens Workshop Kit and has presented his life-changing content to various audiences of teens, ranging from small groups to large audiences. Keith, sir, how are you, sir? I'm great, Mark. How are you doing? Excellent. It's great to have you on the show again. Great to be here again. I appreciate it. You know, you're my first repeat guest. Did you realize that? <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it pays exactly the same as it did the first time. Yes, no, it's great. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Keith, you know, I've been wanting to have you on the show again. Of course, uh, for those of you out there, you may remember that Keith and I have an, an endeavor that we've been working on, right, Keith? Absolutely. It's going to be great. Pretty exciting. Uh, 21st century youth. I think sometime ago I mentioned that we would have a website up and running. I think I had promised that we would have it like weeks ago, but it is up there. It's, I, I don't know if it's exactly complete, but there's a website up. What do you think of it, Keith? I think it's great. I think it's definitely gives us it gives you the information you need to get an idea of what our uh, purpose is and what our uh, agenda and mission is to help to help kids and to to make a difference. So I I think it's good for information and the little tweaks is more I think behind the scenes stuff that probably you and me would notice. So I think we're good. Yeah, pretty exciting. And and our first endeavor will be a camp that we will be hosting in August, late August. You can already go to Twenty uh, First Century Youth. Dot com. You can look. The, the website doesn't have a payment button quite yet. In fact, when you go there, maybe it will, folks, because um, we're just on the verge. But you can go and see what it's all about. We're going to do that uh, camp, it looks like, in – where is that? Somewhere in Pennsylvania, Keith? 
Camp Tioga in Thompson, Pennsylvania. It's about uh, three hours outside of, outside of New York. That's kind of in your neck of the woods. Yes, yes, definitely in my neck of the woods. My kids both went to sleepaway camp there, so I'm very familiar with it. It's a great facility, and uh, it, it'll be a great, it'll be a uh, just a great platform for us to, uh, you know, to launch this camp. And I think it's it's a it's a comfortable place, it's a fun place, and the kids would enjoy the environment. So it's perfect what we're trying to do. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm also excited that we get to sleep in cabins and not in a tent. You know me, I don't, I, I just, I just don't want to be eaten by a bear. That's my main thing. I, I think we're good. We think, you know what? I think now we got we, – what is it? I think isn't the new law now. We got shotguns now and all the uh, – we're, we're allowed to put shotguns where the bears are. Anything educational? Is that right? Uh, really? Yeah. It wasn't our education secretary, I think, said that. So we're good. <laughs> well, that's a plus. That's a plus. Bears beware. Well, I'm excited about that. Head to 21stCenturyYouth.com. You can see what we're talking about, and stay tuned. We'll have everything complete for your child to register for camp real soon. Now, Keith, um, I reached out to you for this uh, conversation, partly because I've been wanting to have you on the show again. Uh, Keith, of course, my New York homie and my partner in crime, but also um, I, I really have a lot of respect for the work that you do. And of course, Keith, you are our lead facilitator traveling throughout the country, speaking directly to teens. Of course, Jen does a lot of the adult uh, workshops and trainings, but uh, you are our guy for Teen training. How's that been? I appreciate that. It's great. It's great. It's, this is what I've. Uh, this, like I said, this one last time we spoke. This is. I felt like this is my calling. This is what I was meant to do. And uh, I just, you know, it just took me 48 years to figure it out. But uh, I'm here now. So you know, as they say, it's never, it's never too late. You, you know, when it's the right time, it's the right time. And I know I'm making right. an impact, and I know I'm making a difference. So it's all good. Yeah. And, and, of course, we have plenty of people that, that teach the O-Shift for Teens workshops, but uh, Keith, of course, is, is just the head of the pack, and that's partly because of the passion and, and that you bring to it, and uh, just really admire your work, Keith, and can't wait to, to see you up there in uh, Pennsylvania and, and be side-by-side side with you. Now, when I, when I reached out to Keith, um, one of the thoughts that I was having, and Keith, you know this, was wouldn't it be interesting to have a conversation about religion? Because I know that you raise your children in a religious household. I do not. And I just thought there's so many people out there. And uh, so the topic today, just let me, let me throw this out. Should we introduce religion to our kids uh, is the topic. And I, and I know that religion is one of those uh, topics that people – feel very passionately about. Even non-religious people often feel passionately about their non-religiousness. You know what I mean? Atheists are very passionate. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I thought, now I have, a, I have a religious background, which shapes the way that I, you know, uh, present religion to my kids. And so I'll sort of get into that a little bit. But um, you know, I, I, first of all, why don't you tell the listeners, you know, what's your sort of religious background and how it shows up in your home? Sure, sure. So, so you know, I'm I'm from Jew. I'm Jewish faith. Uh, I was raised Jewish, and a lot of people probably notice. You know, there's there's a there's usually three levels of Judaism. You know, there's there's the Reform movement, there's the Conservative movement, and there's the Orthodox movement. And, the Orthodox movement is the really very religious. You know, they keep Shabbos. They go to they go to temple every Saturday. They celebrate every holiday. You know, very strict. They keep kosher. Um, you know, in in and outside the home. Um, you know, the Reform movement's a little more lax. Uh, a lot of interfaith marriage, but but they're still you know, but they still connect with their 
with their religion and with their with the connection to God. And then there's a conservative movement. We're, we're, we, we're usually the uh, middle of the road, you know, where we're not quite orthodox, right. but we're certainly more, more observant uh, than the reform movement. And, uh, you, know, you know, for me, a Jew is a Jew. You know, whether you're reformed, orthodox, or conservative, it doesn't matter. You know, if, if, you're, if you're Jewish and you're proud to be Jewish, that, that's a good thing. So it's not a question of uh, judging different sects of Judaism. It's more just those are the, those are the different, different levels. So we're conservative. Um, you know, I don't go to temple all the time. My kids know all the holidays. My kids were both Barabbat Mitzvah. They went to Hebrew school since they were in kindergarten. Um, you know, my son now is in high school. He teaches on Sunday mornings at, uh, at Hebrew school as a teaching assistant. My daughter belongs to a Jewish sorority and Jewish organization uh, called Chabad uh, up at college. So, you know, they, I, I gave, they have a good Jewish upbringing, but religion for me, quite honestly, is more about tradition. Um, uh, you know, I believe in a higher purpose. I believe in there's a higher power up there. I'm not so sure um, that, that I believe uh, – I don't know how to explain it. I, I, I feel like you need something to believe in. If you have nothing to believe in, you have nothing to believe in. If you have something to believe in, it's, it's something to, to work towards. So, you know, whether you're Catholic, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Hindu, you know, we all have a higher power that we pray to or, or we look towards. And I think, I think for, if for nothing else, that's important just to have, to have that, to, 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 you know, in the privacy of your home, you're having a, you need, you need some help and you're afraid to talk to people. It's good to be able to just speak it out. And when, when you had kids, there was no question that you were going to teach them about your religion. Absolutely. But, and for me, as I was saying, it's more tradition. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not overly religious. I don't go to temple every, every Shabbat. We don't keep Shabbat, though we do go sometimes. I enjoy going. It's, it's, I have a lot of friends, and it's a, it's a nice social place to be with, 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 you know, with, with people that we love and know. But for me, it's more tradition. It's my kids growing up knowing, you know, this is what we do on Hanukkah. This is what we do on Passover. It's, just, it's, it's tradition. You know, I, 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 I raise them Jewish because I'm proud to be Jewish. And as you see what's going on in the country right now, there's a lot of people that are, you know, not, not being very nice to the Jewish community. So, yeah, you know, it's yeah, important yeah. for me for my kids to be raised Jewish, and I want them to be proud. And I want to, and listen, I hope they marry somebody Jewish, not so much because, you know, I, I wouldn't want them to marry anybody else, but because I want them to keep the tradition. I think it's really important to have that tradition in their lives. I think it's part of who yeah. they are. You know, if yeah. my daughter came home with somebody who wasn't, you know what, as long as he treats her right, I, that's all I care about. I just, I, that, that's more important than religion to me, but you know, I would, I would be, I would be, be truthful if I didn't say that it was important to me. I, I do hope my kids marry somebody Jewish, but it's, it's not for any reason other than to keep traditions and, and to maintain that tradition. That right. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like it's for identity and, um, and I, I think that identity is how we identify ourselves is, is probably plays a lot more importance in our lives uh, and we realized, and I sort of realized that when my marriage was breaking down and, uh, years ago, and uh, you know, I had so identified myself as a father and a, 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 a husband, and as that was going away, I mean, I was still a father, but the, the way that I had constructed it was going away. It really was a, a loss of identity. So identity is huge, and so what I'm hearing about is that um, there's that identity piece. I'm wondering also... Something kind of interesting happened to me several years ago. I had this family member, and I won't say who, but kind of was on sort of my side of the religion thing, and I'm not a religious 
And then, um, but he he was making the point he wasn't either, and I knew that about him. But also making the point that he was very sort of pro-religious, and I was like, well, that's kind of weird. It's like, why would you not personally believe, but believe in religion? In, in particular, the more Western religions. And he believes that um, it's a moral compass for people. It's sort of, a, in a way, it keeps us all on the same page when we sort of have a similar moral background, then we uh, it sort of keeps us in line. And kind of wondering how much that religion really, does religion really keep us being better people? I believe it's up to interpretation. I mean, I think a lot of times religion separates people because of, you know, the different, the different, uh, you know, there's different rules or there's different, there's different beliefs that we have based on your religion. And sometimes I think that separates people, but you know, I I really believe that that's the people that are like ultra, ultra, ultra religious. I think, I think that, you know, people, people that are, are born a certain faith and may not be overtly religious or, or observant, you know, yeah. may not be impacted so much, but I feel like the, the, those that are very, very, very religious, you know, sometimes I think religion can separate. And, but I also believe that it's open to interpretation. I mean, there are, you know, you see what, I mean, you see there's, there's, there's things that happen in this world that, you know, people, people say it's in the name of God. I can't imagine God would want anybody to do those things. So it's right. It's, yeah. It was okay. So let me, let me give you a little bit of my background um, and, and tell you why I sort of arrived where I did. Um, when I was younger, you know, we were Christian and I was even before, I think my mom was super actively Christian. She was a Catholic, but she converted to Christianity when I think I was about 10, 11 years old and got very, very, very into it. And then I got to a point in my uh, young adult life where I felt like I had been bamboozled a little bit, and I think I became a little bit bitter towards religion. And uh, so I I just want to be real candid about that, and I I understand that about myself. But I, I guess when I started to have kids, I wanted to... I just feel like religion is such a heavy-duty thing, and of course, different people believe different things, and I didn't feel like I should impose my point of view on my kids, and I feel like that's a very personal uh, decision. So I was reluctant, even my my lack of belief, I didn't want to impose that, so I just wanted to uh, have really kind of a, a, a clean slate for them so they can make their own decisions. You know what I mean? Sure, of course. Because I felt like I was imposed on by my parents, their religion, and I sort of was. I, I, eventually, it felt like it was kind of a song and pony. Is it song and pony? Dance and pony? Yeah, I didn't want to do the same thing to my kids. Um, but something really interesting happened when my youngest was very little. He, there was this book that he had read, um, and I think it was by. Uh, by the guy that did the uh, Far Side cartoons, Larson. Gary Larson. And yeah, yeah, it was just a book that he wrote, and it showed that this woman had gotten poisoned, but it was all in his cartoon and so, sort of silliness. But she died, and she became part of the earth. Now, my, my little boy, I, I don't know how old he was. I think he was maybe four or five. He saw that, and the concept of us be, being buried and being part of the earth – 
he was distraught and he cried and cried. And this went on for days and days where he, anytime he'd think of it, he'd become very un, unconsolable. Well, by that time I was, I was sort of, you know, bitter on the thought of religion in general, but there was nothing really I could say that would comfort him. It was just too much for him to imagine that his dad, his mom, him, we're all just going to die. You know? And at some point I said, well, you know, some people believe that we go to heaven and there's God and that we, that, that we all meet again up there and that we live forever. And I'm telling you, Keith, it was the only thing that was able to lift him out of that that sort of uh, place that he was in is this hope that this this possibility that there is this life after death and that we can all continue. And I think that that, you know, what about that aspect of religion? Just the, the fact that we on this earth as humans need something to, to feel like, you know, it, it gets better or there's, there's a better world out there and a reason to, to achieve and inspire to get there. Is, is, I mean, how does that strike you? You know, it's funny. I, I mean, I do think about that. I, I don't, um, I, you know, every religion views this differently. Like there's, there's something in, I, I don't know if this is, to be honest with you, truly uh, a Jewish thing or, or it's more like a myth. But, you know, they say something about the Jewish soul that it's, you know, it, it's six feet, of, it's, it's, it's right above your head. You know, the souls of the dead are right there, you know, so that's why you get signs or you, you know, like, I, I remember when my dad died and my son really missed him and it was about a week after he had this stupid nightlight that would never go on. And yeah. he started talking about my father. Like, I really miss him. And I plugged the light in and this thing was like 800 times brighter than it's ever been for like, for like, oh my gosh. And I went back. And I said, oh, my God, I'm like, that is like a sign. Like, I believe that. Like, I'm like, that was a sign yeah. for my father. Like, let my son know he's here. So, you know, I, I, I believe that we go somewhere, our souls go somewhere. And, uh, you know, that, yes, I do believe that they're looking down and that. I mean, that's what I teach my kids, looking down on you and they're proud of you. And, and do I truly, truly know? I, I don't know what I really believe with that. But that's, I think that's what I like to believe. So that's what I believe. And that's what I teach my, my kids to believe. But, you know, as far as, as far as the, I, like I said, I feel like I do what I do and I, I live my life the way I live it because when, when it's my time, you know, somebody's judging me, whether it's the man upstairs or the woman upstairs or whatever it is upstairs, you know, or, yeah. or my peers. Yeah. You know what? When I go, whoever's going to judge me, I just want to be, I want to be judged fairly and I want to be remembered for being, for, for doing good in this world. So, you know, I, I believe in a higher power, like I said, and I believe in that, that, and I do, I do believe it's, it's, you know, when you, when you leave this earth, your, your, your physical body, I do believe that there's a spiritual, your soul is out there. And yeah. I just don't know what happens after, you know, there's people that believe well, you, sure. you're reincarnated as another person. I, I don't know. I don't know. I believe my father's sure. looking down and watching us. And that's, that's what I believe. And I'm, that satisfies me. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I like to talk about, you know, for the, for the listeners out there who are, some of them are not religious, but, you know, what I'd like to propose and, and ask is, is there a reason to perhaps expose kids to religion, even if you're not religious? And, and um, you know, my answer to that has been, you know, maybe not. But in fairness, you know, my boys have access to two very um, active parents. They have, you know, from the start, they've had uh, guidance on, you know, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And while 
not having sort of a religious structure has worked fine because they had they do have a very strong moral compass. Not everybody out there, not all teens living out there, uh, are um, getting that sort of guidance. And I do believe there is a possibility that religion would provide sort of a a moral compass for teenagers. Uh, in order to, you know, if, if everything else in their life isn't giving them a good example of how to behave properly, maybe that would be an opportunity. Hundred percent. I mean, I could tell you there's a uh, there's a church uh, right near where I live that runs a they run a home for boys. Um, they don't live there, but it's it's a home for troubled teens. They they come there after school or after the, yeah. you know they're, they're, they're and. They do not so much religious training, but like you said, more and more moral compass training. You know, all about like what could we be doing better. A lot of these kids are in gangs, or they come from really bad neighborhoods, or or whose parents aren't really around to support them. And yeah. you know, this this priest and people that work in that church, you know, they this is what they do. They work with these kids on becoming better human beings. So you know, it's not by shoving religion down their throat. It's it's by being, you know, holy good people who you know want to use their 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 talents and yes do they sometimes bring in religion just to, to maybe draw comparisons because obviously you know the torah the bible there's so many good stories that draw comparisons about about things so that works and you know my kids like i said my kids go to uh, my, my son goes to still i mean he's 16 he still goes to united synagogue youth which is a uh, it's a youth group and they do fun activities but they also yeah. have deep discussions about like the world and about you know doing good in the world and what can they do to be better people so I think religion from that standpoint is really important. I think you, you hit that right on the mark. Every religious institution I know has some type of program for youth, and the reason for that is to help help youth and have them have a good place to go and teach them good values, and that's, well, that's yeah, probably and, the most important. Yeah, and backing up a little bit is, you know, and I can remember being in high school uh, having a lot of fun. I was going to a – I can remember a couple of youth groups that I was part of, and it was – you know, it was there was an adult there, so they were managing things and uh, giving us opportunities to hang out and and have fun. That on my own, it, I wish I wasn't going to be able to muster. You know, I could probably get a friend to go out and we could get into some trouble. But um, now that's not to say that every youth group, that every kid in the youth group is a great influence. So you still have to be on your guard because um, obviously we want to have some say and or some, a little bit of control in who our kids are hanging out with. Um, but it was, you know, it was a positive experience, positive opportunity. On the flip side of that, I think that some people that aren't religious get worried that, you know, their kids are going to come home, you know, glossy eyed and, you know, not thinking for themselves and spewing back some of the, the religious jargon that they've heard. And, you know, I, I, I can, I can, I can empathize with that. I, I don't think yeah. I would be super excited to have my kid coming home and telling me, you know, some of the ways that I think are wrong because he, he's got the, the better moral compass. You know, I don't think that would go over right. very well. No, of course. I think it's the way it's taught too. You know, like when, when I say it's taught at these schools, it's, it's, you know, it's not your parents are doing it wrong. It's like, you know, look, this, here's a scenario. Like, what would you do in this situation? You know, this is the right way. This is the right way to handle it, you know? And yeah. for, the, for the places that are dealing with troubled youth, you know, they're basically saying, listen, like what you're doing right now, the choices you're making now are poor. So why don't you come here and let us teach you how to make some better choices? And I really right. believe 
they're not shoving, it's not, you know, they're not shoving religion down your throat. They're not saying, you know, you need to come, you need to pray. It's more, let's, let's talk about the issues and, and, you know, you know, this is what God would want. I mean, yes, do they bring it in a little bit? Absolutely. But I think it's to steer them in the right direction. And, and yeah. you know, because you're right, if, if, if your kid's going to come home and be like, oh, you know, the rabbi or the priest or whoever told you to do this, and I have to do this. I think that would be very uncomfortable for anybody who's not used to living in that mindset. I like it. I like it. Um, Folks, I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. I'd love to hear from people because this isn't a topic, obviously, that I feel like an authority uh, on. It's just something that I thought would be interesting to talk, especially with you, Keith. But folks, chime in. I'd love to see your comments on the uh, audio blog page and tell us what you think, and maybe we can follow up with some comments of our own. Um, fascinating conversation. I'm sure there's lots of opinions. Keith, uh, tell us what you've got going on, where we can find out more about what you have going on. So I've, if you can follow PowerShift Coaching, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on, uh, I am on Pinterest. I, put up, I post up affirmations and you know, videos and just good content uh, on a daily basis. And uh, you can always go to my website, which is shiftyourpower.com. And you can reach me at Keith at shiftyourpower.com. And as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm here to hopefully make a difference in the lives of, of teens. And you know, if there's anybody there I can help, you know, feel free to reach out. It's, it's, this is my passion, my calling, and my pleasure to do. And Excellent. I appreciate it all the time, Mark. Yeah, you bet. Great to talk to you, Keith. I'm sure we'll be talking real soon. Uh, sure. Folks, look up Keith. Find out what he's got going on. If you have trouble getting a hold of him, well, you can get a hold of me at marketoshift.com, and I can track down Keith for you as well. Keith, thanks again for being on the show. Thanks, Mark. Well, I sure do love my conversations with Keith. He's a great guy, salt of the earth, doing the good work out there in New York. He, of course, travels all over the country delivering O-Shift for Teens workshops uh, to audiences of teens. And if you want uh, Keith to come out to your event and speak directly to your teens, uh, let him know or contact me at mark at O-Shift.com. If you thought about becoming a facilitator of your own, we, of course, have the O-Shift Workshop Kit and the O-Shift for Teens Workshop Kit. Super powerful material that's super easy to facilitate. You can become a superstar uh, by facilitating this material and uh, really getting through and having an impact on the people that you work with. Uh, so let me know at marketoshift.com. I'll be happy to give you the details. Thank you again for joining me this week. I look forward to... Uh, our next show and having you right there beside me. All right. Till then, have a great week.